everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Pillow Talk with Mark and B, the podcast where I guess we read. Um, I'm <laughs> B, and I'm here with Marcus. Yo, 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 yo. I got my reading voice prepped and ready to go. It's different than my sing-songy voice. And different than your podcast voice. Different than my podcasting voice. I like your podcast voice. Yeah, while it might sound professional, it's not. <laughs> it does sound professional, though. That's Hi, matters. welcome to fucking Listener Lore. <laughs> Um, today we are doing chapters 7, 8, and 9. Cool. Of, uh... Oh, yeah. (laughs) A Scroop Tape Letters. By C.S. Lewis. Yeah, basically a quick recapper. It's uh, a book about a hypothetical demon writing to (laughs) another demon about how he can be a better demon and just, like... like, senior training and junior. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's very insightful of, like, you know, even if you're not looking at it from a Christian perspective, just, like, the traps of... (laughs) of just man like man's pretty much the same since the dawn of time you know like we fall to the same vices we have the same motivations so you can still glean a lot it's been an interesting read yeah well let's dive into it <clears throat> chapter seven my dear wormwood i wonder you should ask me whether it is essential to keep the patient in ignorance of your own existence that question at least for the present phase of the struggle has been answered for us by the high command our policy for the moment is to conceal ourselves of course this has not always been so we are really faced with a cruel dilemma when humans disbelieve in our existence we lose all the pleasing results of the direct terrorism and we make no magicians on the other hand when they believe on us, believe in us we cannot make them materialists and skeptics at least not yet I have great hopes that we shall learn in due time how to emotionalize and mythologize our science to such an extent that what is, in effect, a belief in us, though not under that name, will creep in while the human mind remains close to belief in the enemy, the life force, the worship of sex, and some aspects of psychoanalysis may here prove useful. If once we can produce our perfect work, the materialist magician, the man not using but veritably worshipping what he vaguely calls forces, while denying the existence of spirits, then the end of the war will be in sight. But in the meantime, we must obey our orders. I do not think you will have much difficulty in keeping the patient in the dark. The fact that devils are predominantly comic figures in the modern imagination will help you. If any faint suspicion of your existence begins to arise in his mind, suggest to him a picture of something in red tights, and persuade him that since he cannot believe in that, it is an old textbook method of confusing them, he therefore cannot believe in you. <clears throat> I have not forgotten my promise to consider whether we should make the patient an extreme patriot or an extreme pacifist. All extremes except extreme devotion to the enemy are to be encouraged. Not always, of course, but at this period. Some ages are lukewarm and complacent, and then it is our business to soothe them, yet faster asleep. Other ages, of which the present is one, are unbalanced and prone to faction, and it's our business to inflame them. At small coterie, coterie, bound together by some interest which other men dislike or ignore, tends to develop itself a hothouse mutual admiration and towards the outer world a great deal of pride and hatred which is entertained without shame because 
the cause and its sponsor is thought to be impersonal. Even when the little group exists originally for the enemy's own purpose, this remains true. We want the church to be small, not only that fewer men may know the enemy, but also that those who may acquire the uneasy intensity and defensive self-righteous of a secret society or clique. The church, it's, the church herself is one, of course, heavily defended, and yet, oh, and we have never yet quite succeeded in giving her all the characteristics of a faction, but subordinate factions within her have often produced admirable results. From the parties of Paul and Apollos at Corinth down to the high and low parties of the Church of England. If your patient can be induced to become a conscientious objector, he will automatically find himself one of small, vocal, organized, unpopular society. And the effects of this on one so new to Christianity will almost certainly be good. But only almost certainly has he had serious doubts about the lawfulness of serving in a just war before this present war began? Is he a man of great physical courage, so great that he will have no half-conscious misgivings about the real motives of his pacifism? Can he, when nearest to honesty, no human is ever very near, feel fully convinced that he is actuated wholly by the desire to obey the enemy? If he is that sort of a man, his pacifism will probably not do us much good, and the enemy will probably protect him from the usual consequences of belonging to a sect. Your best plan in that case would be to attempt a sudden, confused, emotional crisis from which he might emerge as an uneasy convert, an uneasy convert to patriotism. Such things can often be managed, but if he is the man I take him to be, try pacifism. Whichever he adopts, your main task will be the same. Let him begin by treating the patriotism or pacifism as part of his religion and then let him, under the influence of the partisan spirit, come to regard it as the most important part, then quietly and gradually nurse him onto the stage at which his religion becomes merely part of the cause, in which Christianity is valued chiefly because of the excellent arguments it can produce in favor of the British war effort of pacifism. The attitude which you want to guard against is that which temporal affairs are treated primarily as material for obedience. Once you have made the world an end and faith a means, you have almost won your man, and it makes very little difference what kind of worldly ending he is pursuing, provided that meetings, pamphlets, policies, movements, causes, and crusades matter more to him than prayers and sacraments and charity. He is ours. And the more meetings, pamphlets, Oh, and the more religious on those terms, the more securely ours. I could show you a pretty cage full down here. Your affectionate Uncle Screwtape. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, said it before, and I'll say it again. A lot of that's driven by like World War Two, and that's kind of interesting. Mentioned that like British war effort and pacifism and all that kind of stuff. I think what I found maybe a little more relatable though than uh, fighting in World War Two is at the beginning of that he talked about kind of how there's two paths you can kind of get him to do either you can kind of get him to believe in nothing at all or you get him to believe in kind of just kind of not the right thing and the then life that, force yeah exactly kind of this like and i kept on kind of thinking like uh 
like California Christianity or California yeah. Buddhism where it's kind of this blend of everything where nothing like is solid like we hear in the world more and more like one of the things we like about Muslims is that like while you may not like what they're doing at least when they say they believe in their God their actions follow that like yeah. Even when people are like, well, I'm not a Christian, but I am spiritual, or I'm not... Exactly, like, what like is that? somewhat of a cop-out. Like, yeah. are you just saying that you don't want to argue the things that you're supposed to believe, or... Or are you saying, like, a genuine, like, well, I just don't know, but then if you ask them more, it's like they seem to have a bunch of answers that are all this blended, like, life forth, so, like, yeah. even when I talk myself, like, you know, I... I I've kind of described myself more in like, oh yeah, there's a positive and negative flow. Like that's like a culty. Well, not well no, no. It, I feel like it's like this dangerous path. Path of now, I am choose like I'm creating it. Where it's like, well, if there was anything, I would have no. Uh, you would have no understanding of it mm. unless he wanted you to. In which case, none of us would be confused about it. I don't know. It, it, it's this trap of kind of. Um, unless, well, why would he want you to not understand it? Maybe he's given us all the tools to understand it, and the people who want to do. Well, I just don't believe that's true, because there's some people who just never given the opportunity to understand, and then what happens? Oh, and there's like a... Yeah, I don't know. And some... Anyways, I don't know. Uh, to, to me, that's kind of what I got out of the first little bit there. Then the, the rest of it was kind of... Yeah, a lot of it was kind of clunky church-related stuff. Kind of went a little deeper on those. The pacifism versus patriotism. Yeah. That's interesting, because I feel like... Like, everybody always says, like, too, too much of one thing. Like, just mm -hmm. moderate, every like, not too much of one thing, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But it's interesting because I've seen people, even with war kind of efforts and, like, that kind of talk, I've seen people be like, oh, yeah, I'm fighting for the war, and now I, I'm definitely, like, this is my life's purpose, and now I've... But yeah. they're just, like, shitty human beings. And it's interesting to see hmm. how this book like specifically says like you're nothing like you yeah. could yep you're in the army yep you're going to ukraine yep blah blah yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah blah but like that doesn't yeah you're, that... you're confused or you're distracted or whatever yeah yeah like declaring war in the name of god is never good like we just watch kingdom of heaven and it's all <laughs> about we're taking jerusalem and just like you're just like so you're just asking like so which how many times have they retaken this city like i'm like this is probably the 15th time like this is like yeah, back and forth, crazy. back and forth. Like. But then on the other hand, the pacifism, where it's yeah. like people are willfully ignorant, and mm -hmm. that's no better. And, and like, if you don't stand up for what is objectively good, you're just like, well, I'm going to sit this one out. Then objectively good things go away. Yeah. So it's kind of this this path of, or this these two two paths you can go on, where it's like, yeah, you're like gung-ho for it but it's like turns out the thing you're gung-ho for that like whatever spiritual thing god you're claiming is not actually the right one or you can kind of like not believe in any of it and take this step back and that's just as you know dangerous too because then then your soul's guaranteed to go nowhere good you had mentioned that there's two paths to go on is there any like these are the two paths that they want you to choose from what are the other paths would you say um yeah like so we we gotta always yeah we gotta take it quickly back to the context of this book. It's basically written by a Christian, from a Christian's perspective about two demons talking. So then from that perspective, what you want to do is you want to like make amends and start reading your Bible and praying every day. Be a good person. Um, that makes sense. That yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. For like 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I think that's the thing. Like, what... I think you kind of have to choose a side almost of religion of something either you believe in something or you don't and there's really no middle ground like I think if you're given wishy-washy answers or like <clears throat> I don't know yeah it's interesting because some like, people are like well do you believe in God and I'm like why well, I, I believe there is definitely a God yeah I to deny the Christian God is irrelevant I guess I'm not a fan yeah <laughs> like, I think it just goes on how many steps of conversation you want to go down yeah like uh you know most people can accept that yeah there's probably a god that created this like i wouldn't be butthurt about it if i you know whatever yeah and then beyond that question who knows really yeah but uh yeah interesting okay you want me to read the next one if we have nothing else to yeah. say about that chapter eight my dear mr wormwood <laughs> so you have great hopes that the patience no i'm not doing that Religious phase is dying away. I've always thought the training college had gone to pieces since they put old slubgob at the head of it. And now, here I stir. Or here I am, sure. Has no one ever told you about the law of undulation? Undulation? Humans are amphibious, half spirit, half animal. The enemy's determination to produce such a revolting hybrid was one of those uh, one of these things that determine our our fathers sorry that determine our father to withdraw his support from him as spirits they belong to the eternal world but as animals they inhabit time this means that while their spirit can be directed to an eternal object their bodies passions and imaginations are in continual change for to be it in the for to be in time means to change their nearest approach to, I'm just going to stop. Well, no, I'm going to read a couple more sentences, but this is interesting. The nearest approach to consistency, therefore, is undulation. The repeated return to a level from which they are repeatedly fall back, a series of thoughts or a series of troughs and peaks. If you had to watch your patient carefully, you would have seen the undulation in every department of his life. His interest in his work, his affection for his, for his friends, his physical appetites all go up and down. As long as he lives on earth, periods of emotional and bodily, bodily and rich, or bodily richness and liveliness will alter with periods of numbness and poverty. The dryness and dullness through which your patient is now going through are not, as you fondly suppose, your workmanship. They are merely a natural phenomenon which will do us no good unless you make good use of it. To decide what the best use of it is, you must ask what the enemy wants to make of it, then do the opposite. Now it may surprise you to learn that in his great efforts to get permanent possession of a soul, he relies on the trough, troughs even though even more than the peaks. <clears throat> Some of his special favorites have gone through longer and deeper, deeper troughs than anyone else. The reason is this. To use a human is primarily food. Our aim is the absorption of his will into ours, the increase of our own area of selfhood at its expense. But the obedience which the enemy demands of men is quite a different thing. One must face the fact that all talk about his love for men and his service being perfect freedom is not, as one would gladly behave, mere propaganda, but an appalling truth. He really does want to fill the universe with a lot of loathsome, loathsome 
little replicas of himself. Creatures who life on its mere creatures whose life on a miniature scale will be qualitatively like his own, not because he has absorbed them, but because their wills freely conform to his. We want cattle who can finally become food. He wants servants who can finally become sons. We want to uh, suck in. He wants to give out. We are empty and would be fulfilled. <clears throat> and would be filled. He is fill full and flows over. Our war aim is a world in which our father below has drawn all other beings into himself. The enemy wants a world full of beings united to him, but still distinct. And that is where the troughs come in. You must have often wondered why the enemy does not make more use of his powers to be sensibly present to the human souls in any degree he chooses, and at any moment. But you now see that the irresistible and indisputable are the two weapons which are very nature of his schemes forbid him to use. Merely to override a human will as his felt presence in any but the faintest and most mitigated degree would certainly do, would be for him useless. He cannot ravish, he can only woo. For his ignoble idea is to eat the cake and have it. The creatures are to be one with him, but yet themselves merely a cancel. Or one with... Sometimes uh, the way this format's a pain to jump, but it's all good. He will set them off with communications of his presence, which through faint seem great to them, with emotional sweetness and easy conquest over temptation. But he never allows this state of affairs to last long. Sooner or later he withdraws, if not in fact, at least from their conscious experience, all those supports and supports and incentives. He leaves the creature to stand up on his own legs to carry out the will alone, which all all lost to carry out from the will alone duties which have lost all relish. It is doing during such trough periods much more than during the peak periods. That is growing into a sort of creature he wants it to be. Hence the prayers offered in the state of dryness are those which please him best. We can drag our patients along by continually tempting because we design them only for the table. And the more their will is interfered with, the better. He cannot tempt to virtue as we do to vice. He wants them to learn to walk and must therefore take away his hand. And if only the will to walk is really there, he is pleased even when he's even with the stumbles. Do not be deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in danger than when a human, no longer desiring but still intending to do our enemy's will, looks upon the round, looks round upon the universe from which every trace of human seems to have vanished, and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. But of course, the troughs afford opportunities to set aside also. Next week, I'll give you some hints on how to exploit them. Your affectionate Uncle Screwtape. <clears throat> so this was interesting. I, like, <clears throat> okay, well, I have two thoughts on this. One, as far as free will, it's a wild concept to me, and I think I've always kind of struggled with this, that sure, it's free will, quote-unquote, but then we have literal demons 
working against us, trying to, like, manipulate yeah. us into things. Like, it just seems like a weird test that we, we're not really easily gonna win. Yeah, like... I guess it was never designed this way, I suppose, this setup in the Christian view mind. Set, like, you weren't... Adam and Eve weren't supposed to fail in the Garden of Eden. I mean, he knew they would, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so strange. I don't know, it's all strange, but carry on. The second thing was how it talks about how, like, um, where is it? There's these, like, troves and peaks and how, um, it's so common and, like, don't get too excited, this is human life, you've got good times, you've got bad times, you've got lulls, you've got, like, inspiration, yeah. you've got, like, calm times. That's very interesting that they mentioned because that's super, super true. And I feel like people are so hard on themselves when they don't, when they, I don't know, they've got, like, a, a season. Yeah. A season <clears throat> or, like, a chapter in their lives where there's just nothing going on. And, like, it's okay because that's life. And Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to, like, unpack what it said with the dryness. If you cry out to someone during the dryness, uh, that's worse or better. Sometimes it's weird because you got to, like, flip everything that normally I'm thinking, like... The enemy is actually God in this, but... Yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, whatever. Um, another thing that they were talking about was... Um, oh, how, like, if you go for Jesus, he fills you up, and he's he's full, and he fills you up, whereas the demons are empty, and they take you. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's interesting when you do things that we call haram, <laughs> just, like... Like, my slut face, for example, that was definitely draining me. It was definitely taking things away from me. Me now kind of having respect for my body, and my body is, like, you know, like, just keeping it respected and keeping it sacred and keeping it, like, all that kind of stuff, it fills me up more than the slut phase ever did. And it's interesting to see the behaviors that happen when people are depressed versus the behaviors that come out when they're like actually happy and kind of like in line with themselves. Yeah. So that's all. Hmm. Uh, in the couple first lines, it talked about time and how that's what makes us different is we are affected by time where everything else he's made up until this point wasn't. Mm. So it's like, uh, yeah, eternity is just like, how do you describe it? There's no sense of time. There's just forever. Angels and demons, that's a forever thing. So, yeah, that was an interesting perspective of just, like... Yeah, humans are amphibians, half spirit, half animal. The enemy's determination to produce such a revolting hybrid <laughs> was one of the things that determined our father to withdraw his support from him. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> interesting. Um, <clears throat> okay, chapter 9. My dear Wormwood... I hope my last letter has convinced you that through the dullness or dryness through which your patient is going at present will not, of itself, give you his soul, but needs to be properly exploited. What forms the exploitation should take, I will now consider. In the first place, I've always found that the troph periods of the human indolation provide excellent opportunity for all sensual temptations, particularly those of sex. This may surprise you because, of course, there is more physical energy and therefore more potential appetite at the peak periods, but you must remember that those powers of resistance are then also at their highest. The health and spirits which you want to use in producing lust can also 
alas, be very easily used for work or play or thought or in innocuous merriment. The attack has a much better chance of success when the man's whole inner world is drab and cold and empty. It is also been noted that <clears throat> the trope sexuality is subtly different in quality from that of the peak, much less, much less likely to lead to the milk and water phenomenon which all the humans call being in love, much more easily drawn into perversions, much less contaminated by those generous and imaginative and even spiritual concomitants. Con hmm. um, <clears throat> um, it's... I'm just kind of pacing around, but as I'm pacing, this you kind of literally just said this before. You had mentioned kind of your slut phase, um, and this is talking like about how just yeah, getting up your body. Anyways, carry on. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. But it, that it is interesting. Like when you see a lot of things, like when you think of a lot of falls of empires or in fantasies or whatever, it's all they give into like excess. They become like yeah. too soft. They become just reliant on the the luxuries, and then they fucking crumble yeah and sex is one of those big things where you see when it, uh, a culture becomes too perverted sexually then it falls everything apart. starts to fall yeah. apart yeah um much less contaminated by those generous and imaginative and even spiritual com concomitants which often render human sexuality so disappointing it's the same with other desires of the flesh you're much more likely to make your man a sound drunkard by pressing drink on him as an an anodyne which well, when he is dull and weary then by encouraging him to use it as a means of merriment among his friends when he is happy and expansive never forget that when we are dealing with any pleasure in its healthy and normal satisfying form we are in a sense on the enemy's ground i know we have won many a soul through pleasure all the same it is his invitation not ours he made he made the pleasures. All of our research so far has not enabled us to produce one. All we can do is encourage the humans to take the pleasure which our enemy has produced at times or in ways or in degrees which he has forbidden. Hence, we are all trying to work away from the natural condition of pleasure to that in which it is the least natural, least redolent of its maker and least pleasurable. An ever-increasing craving for the diminishing pleasure is the formula. Um, it is more certain and it's a better style to get the man's soul and give him nothing in return. And that's really what gladdens our father's heart. And the troves are the time for the beginning of the process. I'm going to pause right there. Yeah, it's so crazy because even in this, it's like everything good, everything pleasurable, everything that makes you happy technically is created by God. Mm -hmm. The only way that the demons can perverse that, I guess, or yeah. add perversion to that is like, okay, well, I'm going to make you... Let, let's use alcohol as a source of numbing and then when he's really really sad let's let's give him some alcohol and then he'll just kind of like go into this numbing period he's never gonna get better he's gonna sit there and wallow in his pity and blah 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 yeah. whereas if you're i don't know having wine to toast a wedding it's not as bad and yeah. then you're doing it for god and yeah. celebrating so interesting yeah 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 you know you're banging hooker as opposed to your wife <clears throat> two very different things like, the sex is great either way, yeah. but it's better when you're in a committed relationship under the promise or whatever that God gave sex to couples for. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, so in this worldview or whatever, um, only God can create demons and mm -hmm. even humans can't create 
They've done uh, their research. We can't even technically destroy things because we don't know what happens when we destroy, like, a human or, you know, you burn a tree. It's small. Like, you know, you, you, can you really destroy stuff? It can only really be converted into another form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, where demons, they can only corrupt, essentially. So, yeah. yeah, you know, even when they when you go to hell, the end goal of hell is not that your soul is destroyed because they don't have that ability. And I think that's the thing. Like, demons can't actually kill you. Yeah, yeah, like, they don't have that ability in hell to, like, they, it's not like you're there for a hundred years and then they finally off you. Like, they, they don't yeah. have the ability to create or destroy, they only have the ability to corrupt. It's so interesting. Um, <clears throat> but there is an even better way of exploiting the trope, and I mean through the patient's own thoughts about it. As always, the first step is to keep knowledge out of his mind, but do not let him suspect the law of inaldi- inal- undulation. What is this word? Yeah, it's one of those weird ones. We're just going to go. It's one of those times where I'm like, well, if I wasn't reading out loud, I'd just pretend I knew how to say it. The action of of moving smoothly up and down. Undulation. Undulation. (laughs) The octopus undulated underneath the ocean's surface currents. Undulation. Do not let them suspect the law of undulation. (laughs) Let him assume that the first ardors of his conversation might have been expected to last and ought to have lasted forever and that his present dryness is an equally permanent condition. Having once got this misconception well fixed into his head, you may then proceed in various ways. Oh, that's interesting. It's like a mindset. You're not stuck. It's where your mind is. Yeah. Um, it all depends on whether your man, your man is one of desponding type who can be tempted to despair or if he's the wishful thinking type who can be assured that all is well. The former type is getting rare among the humans. If your patient should happen to belong to it, everything is easy. You have only got to keep him out of the way of experienced Christians, an easy task nowadays, (laughs) to direct his attention to the appropriate passages in scripture, and then to set... Oh, and then to set him to work on the desperate design of recovering his old feelings by sheer willpower. And the game is ours. If he is of the more hopeful type, your job is to make him acquiesce in the presence in the present low temperature of his spirit and gradually become t- content with it, persuading himself that it is not so low after all. In a week or two, you will make him begin to doubt whether the first days of his Christianity were not perhaps a little excessive. <laughs> Talk to him about moderation in all things. If you can once get him to the point of thinking that religion is all very well up to a point, then you can feel quite happy about his soul. A moderated religion is as good for us as no religion at all, and more amusing. Another possibility is that of the direct attack on his faith. When you have caused him to assume that the trope is permanent, you cannot persuade him that his religious phase is just going to die away like all of his previous phases. Of course, there is no conceivable way of getting by reason from the proposition I am losing interest in this to the proposition this is false. But as I said before, it is jargon, not reason that you must rely on. The mere word phase will likely very do will likely do the trick. I assume that the creature has been through several of them before. They all have, and he always feels superior and patronizing to the ones he has emerged from not because he has really criticized them, but simply because they are in the past. You keep him well fed on, fed on hazy ideas of progress and development and the historical point of view. I trust and give him lots of modern biographies to read. The people in them are always emerging from phases, aren't they? 
You see the idea? Keep his mind off the plane antithesis, antithesis. <laughs> you see, keep his mind off the plane antithesis between true and false. Nice shadowy expressions. It was a phase. I've been through all that. And don't forget to bless the blessed word adolescent. Your affectionate uncle screw tape. It's just it's just so wild. It's just so wild that in every religion, if you don't come to the conclusion that and accept one like one hundred percent or whatever that their God is correct, you're just fucked. You're just fucked for all eternity. It's like you're making this ch choice that you can have no comprehension of making and fully understanding. And even in all those books, they say you have to rely on faith. But then if you don't, like it, it's just so fucked of a concept. Yeah, I can't get around it. I just the whole just God, loving God, because there's I feel like, especially because of when I grew up in the church and the words that were used to educate me mm -hmm. were very very different because they were very like, child friendly, sure. PG, well let's even say G rated, yeah. whereas. Like, nobody really talked to me about Revelations because apparently it's super fucking dark and scary and there's, like, demons and alien-looking things and all this stuff, but nobody, they just said that Jesus was coming. Yeah. And I'm like, uh. I feel like there's two different pictures of God. One is, like, a very loving father, a just whatever, and then there's an angry, jealous... Vengeful. Vengeful. I'll yeah. smite down cities and flood yeah. worlds if they don't worship me. But I'm going to say that it's a free world. Or a free will. Like, you know, though, like, okay, 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 okay. So let's just say, though, like, God came down, revealed himself to us, any of these gods, whatever. And we're like, well, what about all these bad things? Like, oh, I'm God, whatever, fuck it. And you're like, well, at least you proved yourself that you are God. I guess I'll follow you. Like I could do that. It's just it's just so crazy to to to. But then wouldn't to your, make us to well, make to, wouldn't your beliefs have to align perfectly with the god, or would you just okay? Yep, you're a god, so now I'll blindly follow you, even if it's like a god you disagree with. Well, if it's a, actually a god and he proved himself to be a god, then yeah, I think I'd follow him just because it's like well, them's the rules. Interesting. Like I feel like it would still not be that easy for me. I think it would be because like if if God actually like manifested himself in front of you you'd have no choice but to do it like like you'd be so compelled just by force of like whoa that was by that God. logic like, your if mind the would be devil melted. popped up and you were like oh fuck like I guess that's the devil yeah but that confirms one person's identity it doesn't confirm another I don't need to know who the bad guy is I need to know who the good guy is so I can align with the good guy like what would There's it a billion bad you, guys. What? What would it take? Like, what would God revealing Himself look like to you? The Christian God, it would be speaking in tongues spontaneously, just like you're walking on the deck and boom, you just yeah, jump like, into it. Yeah, I like fuck walking past a church in town and then boom. Have you ever tried? What does that mean? Try? Eh, it's well, so that's, weird. Well, that's the thing. That's like, the point, I guess. Uh, that that I don't know. I think that would be it for me, where it's like that. Well, you promised me these things, and then I cried out, needed it. I was I was a good boy for you many were. years. Oh, like I wasn't a like boy. a do one thing or say one thing, do another type of kid. You know, like yeah. I, I was trying to be a good boy. Um, yeah. So now other religions, yeah, like Islam. I don't know what what would have to be revealed to me for me to follow him. And again, like no, I mentioned, this when we talked to uh, Rob. Yeah. Like. 
you requiring God to do something, doesn't that take away the faith aspect of it? Well, and yeah, it also is like, who are you to make demands of God? But then it's like, why would you create me like this, needing to have answers and then yeah, not giving it and to like me? you, so you made me a way I had no choice in the way I'm made, and you know that I wasn't given enough knowledge to make this cho choice correctly, and then like if I make it wrong, I fucking go to hell. Even yeah. though I could be the exact same person, I say I, I follow Christ instead of I follow um, Jehovah. Jehovah. We'll toss some of those in there. Okay, so I was talking like, yeah. to somebody today about, like, <coughs> God. Yeah, yeah. Um, she has kids. She married somebody who never had kids, and they were kind of talking about just what having kids means and whatever. And she was like, basically, as a mother, all I want for my kids is... For them to show up at the door one day, be happy, be content with their life. And the guy she married was like, well, I think that God is the same. Like, as a father, he wants us to explore the universe. He has gifted us. Like, he gave it to us, so go explore it. And then when we finally show up at his dinner table, he kind of wants to hear all about it, be excited about how we discovered various things and mm -hmm. whatever. She, she said that, like, the way that she had phrased that was not as eloquent as kind of what he had said. But um, I feel like... Yeah, for sure. That's always the vibe that I think my parents have wanted to give me. Yeah. But then the second half of that where it's like, okay, well, he flooded the world and Sodom and Gomorrah and yeah. Sarah turning into a pillar of salt and, like, all of these other things, that's the part where it's like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like, what the heck happened in that situation? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, like, are, were the kids bad, too? Was every kid taken out of that city before? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. so strange. Well, and that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just I get like that much there's innocence. natural consequences, or consequences, and I get that there's, like, yeah. action and consequence and whatever, but, like, the yeah. children that burned in that city when God smited it down, I just seriously doubt yeah. that they did that much. Yeah, I think that was just always my biggest thing, like, with Christianity. It's just like, okay, so even in this, it's basically saying you got these two choices. You can either deny the existence or you could be believe full send full believe. send right uh and even in the bible they say you know you, you can either be hot or cold but if you're lukewarm you'll get spit out and it's just another sign of like so i'd be like lukewarm which is like I, I don't fucking know well in or the like, bible it has this one thing it's just like don't bother going to the altar if you have an issue with your brother sure because god sure. can't hear you and then it's just like like, there's just so many parts of well, the Bible that I just don't think people are paying attention to. And then, yeah. I mean, nitpicking, that's what everybody kind of does. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. But then even I the think same... we might be a little too harsh on Christians, because I know what they would say in this. They would say, like, while we, we're all sinners. sinners, we all make mistakes, we all will continue to make mistakes, and to think anything else is to deny, like, the human nature and, like, the way we were created and stuff. And, like, it also making mistakes allows for forgiveness to happen which allows for stronger relationships mm. or like eh. yeah no it makes sense like but, again action and consequences and like but yeah i just i don't i don't know it just it's like to be other hot part or cold it just is is i've heard i don't know let's say proverbs 31 i've heard that being taught on in church and I've heard it probably 17 different times, and it's 17 different messages. So, like, right off the bat, people are getting different interpretations of this For sure. This word, and they're teaching on it, they're talking about it out loud, like, 
it's, it's yeah and yeah. it's so confidently spoken about too it's like well this is what it's saying yeah it's like well last week that's not what it was saying yeah and then well we, what how do we know this man we're 17 translations deep into the fucking thing do you like, know what else somebody had told me you today? ever heard of the game fucking telephone tag like okay somebody had said this after the council of nikia in year 325 the Roman Emperor Constantine instructed Eusebius, Eusebius to produce, oh, to put together accepted Christian scriptures that would be displayed in churches. They actually debated about what would be allowed. So why did they get to determine what would be considered inspired while others were thrown out? This person's take was that the Roman Emperor or Empire was suffering and they needed to get the people on their side to continue to pay taxes and support them. So they came up with the divine and inspired word of god and created the roman catholic church yeah for sure like um definitely i'm sure there was opportunity there and like i'm sure there's people doing that i think like okay so what's the other side of that like well i guess you have to canonize the bible somehow you have to actually have like okay what was jesus's teaching so eventually you have to actually have that fucking mm -hmm. thing that you hand people you know yeah so eventually you do have to have this council to kind of codify things and whatever but yeah like who the fuck are they to codify them yeah they're just mere men that weren't there well and even like this they person, weren't there this person's a cop and she said or she works with cops and she was like it's hard enough getting a detailed not conflicting story from like shoplifting yeah. you've got seven different witnesses no story is the same yeah why does anybody think that the bible would be actual accounts and, and like i mean even in life it's you're only experiencing through your you're only seeing through your experiences like you're living life yeah. through the lens of your own experiences so right off the bat it's kind of up to interpretation i guess it's also up to fates what you know like i said like you could just be somewhere out in the middle of nowhere or just even up until a hundred years ago mm -hmm. there would be no way that a lot of the world could hear about how to actually get saved yeah. and go to heaven so like what the hell happened to all of them and little details i mean like they didn't like, have camera phones or anything so everybody's seeing this guy on the ground in town and he can't walk or whatever you look away for half a second and then you look back and all of a sudden he's walking nobody knows actually how that like there weren't video yeah. accounts to go and get evidence from it's just and then all of a sudden you're kind of in your head and you're like holy shit did i just see that maybe no i must have seen that i had to have seen that and then you start putting beliefs in like well no it has to be jesus we need hope we need a savior yeah. this would be god's promises so it has to like you just don't know yeah it's funny i keep just kind of running in a circular trap of this book where it's just like okay so yeah so you got to pick a side okay but i can't pick a side so then i go into the other two options where it's like deny that there even is sides or make up kind of my own pseudo side but no i can't do that so now i got to go back into this well i got to pick a side like because i like I, why do you have to pick a side? because i acknowledge that there is like oh god I acknowledge that there is something outside and beyond us. What that is, I don't know. It could just be a fourth dimension, and that doesn't necessarily mean a god. Like, you okay, know. Okay, so then why don't you ask God to reveal it to you somehow in the next week? <laughs> and whatever answer you get from the divine, boom, there you okay, go. Okay, well, let's... Meditate. I hope, like, like, a Chinese buffet pamphlet washes up on the shoreline. I'm Buddhist now! Oh, I thought you... 
Ew, I thought we were moving to China. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's chapter seventy nine. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, yeah, it's it's tough to make that choice. Like, I don't know how people make it so confidently, but then to not make that choice, it's like by these scriptures and stuff, you're fucking damned. It's, it's in fact worse to not. Damned if you do, and damned if you don't. I think even, like, with the whole death thing, because that's the point, right? Like, you die, and then you don't know what's going to happen, and life could be crazy, and... But, like, who's to say that death isn't the greatest adventure of them all? Like... Yeah, who knows? Or it could be fucking nothing. Yeah, so everybody's, like, terrified of dying. it could just be dying. the same life over and over until you get it right. Because the whole concept is you have to do it so that whatever happens after death is God or the devil. Like, it is heaven or hell. That's the whole, like... That's... Um, because if you didn't have a relationship with God during life, that's it, you're going to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the whole point is heaven or hell. So the yeah, whole yeah. point is something that nobody ever knows anyway until they die. Yeah. So, it's kind of like... How do you make a choice? I would just... Okay, okay. Let's, okay, like, let's, listening we'll go to... go on workaways, and we'll put spiritual guidance needed. Help! <laughs> I am a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 33-year-old male looking for spiritual guidance. Can you train me in the ways of... And then you say anything. and we try Everything. To, everything. And we try to get a bunch of spiritual people. I would love that. Yeah. Do you think that'll make you happy in this life or the next? I think it'll be uh, a situation. It would be a I situation. I do like situations. I like situations, too. Knowledge is power, so realistically... <laughs> We should probably talk to somebody who speaks to the dead. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> until next time. Adios.